I'm going to start by um, reading the scripture that I chose, which is kind of like not one of the normal ones. I feel like that might have been chosen. But if you want to open up your phone or Bible, whatever you're using, to um, 1 Thessalonians, which I really didn't know a lot about and kind of did some reading on, um, 3, 9 through um, 13. Um, and I'll just start. Um, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God? As we pray most earnestly day and night that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you. Um, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So I'll come back to that a little bit later, but just wanted to start us off with that um, as well. So um, if you'll just pray with me really quickly. Um, God, I just ask that whatever I'm about to share with hope um, just resonates with a few of us, and that we can carry it through us um, through our week um, as we enter this season of Advent. In your name, we pray. Amen. So, I feel like I've spoken the last few Advents, <laughs> and I was sitting this week at the car dealership, like not my favorite place to be. <laughs> But I hadn't had my car serviced in a really long time, and it has over 100,000 miles. So my family was like, well, before you have, like, a new baby, maybe you should just take care of it. (laughs) Um, So I was going back through, like, all my Google Docs and sitting there, you know, when you're sitting there with nothing to do. And at Subaru, at least they feed you, like, they feed you snacks and give you coffee, which is really nice. Um, but I figured out that I had talked about peace three years ago, and I was pregnant with Garner, um, and our family's trajectory was about to, like, really shift and change. And then I don't think I spoke two years ago from what I, what I gathered, but we experienced, like, a blissfully naive Christmas. I remember it was Garner's first Christmas, and he was nine months old, and then you know, the world was to just shut down three months later. I feel like we were so unaware of what was to come. And then a year ago, I shared about hope. (laughs) And it was virtual. And I like, I think I blocked it out of my brain because I I didn't even know that I had talked about this topic before (laughs) last year. Um, And I talked about hope and expectations and how they differ, and how we had lived through the first nine months of the pandemic with, um, with a deeper hope um, because of our faith. Um, so now, here we go. You know, I'm eight months pregnant, hopeful for a baby girl to join our family, but I'm very much still in the waiting, and it's a tough place to be when it feels like a lot of the world is lacking hope. Um, As we continue to just uncover inequities and all the things that I feel like the pandemic has kind of laid bare. I feel like the pandemic was like the great equalizer in a way that it just showed all the problems that there were in our society. Um, 
I don't know if you guys follow Kate Bowler, but I really like following her on social media. And then she is a um, theology professor at Duke um, and is a mom who's been living with a terminal cancer for a long time. So she talks just about things in a really real way and isn't afraid to say what she thinks. Um, so I really like what she has to say. And she has an Advent devotional, and I feel like she just does a really good job of explaining where we are at this moment. And so I wanted to read um, this to you. It comes from our Advent devotional. And it says, as the world tilts towards another Christmas, we see how the pandemic keeps surprising us with its ability to talk and destabilize. Yes, we have vaccines, but we also have variants and breakthrough infections and fear and loneliness. Yes, we have booster shots and more and more little ones are getting access, but not everyone. So many are deprived, either by circumstance geography or misinformation. We see economic progress, but also troubling supply chain issues and job losses with unprecedented pressures on teachers and healthcare workers. Yes, there have been frightening epidemics before in the world, but none so political and ideological. This unspeakably long crisis has torn families and friendships and communities apart. The stumbling blocks of our frail humanity are laid bare. And yet, and yet, and yet, the long dawn of Advent begins, for now is the season of an ever-growing and ever-kindly light, the one that let, lets us see reality more clearly. So I, I wanted that to share that because I think I feel a little bit like where I was last year um, at this moment in time, a little hopeless and a little bit like disenchanted with things and um, trying really hard to hold on to hope, but then feeling like every day there's something that kind of can take it away. Um, and for so many of us, the story of the first Christmas is really familiar. We've heard it so many times that I almost think we're immune to the hope that it offers. And um, this year, <laughs> I set up, um, I like have these Playmobil nativity figures that I found on the curb <laughs> last year walking around our neighborhood. And I got them out of the box and Garner just like immediately just like took them all apart, like took the hair off, took the, the clothes <laughs> off, like started rearranging them, like the wise men became the shepherds, the baby Jesus and the angel like lost all the, th everyone lost all the parts. <laughs> and then he recently got into a bin of Legos. And so it's like all ended up in the Lego bin as well. And I feel like I'm trying to still teach him, even with these figures that he wants to like deconstruct and take apart that like, this is the reason that we have all, all of these decorations up. He's really into, um, into decorations at the moment, and um, he just goes around saying, I love decorations, <laughs> when he sees inflatables or things around our neighborhood. And so, yeah, just kind of reminding ourselves that this little nativity is, is the whole reason um, for all of it. And um, like Holly had um, mentioned in her welcome message, it's the the process of giving birth and welcoming a new family member is really messy. 
And Garner is about to experience a lot of that messiness. Um, and um, the author of the devotional, John Pavlovitz, he talks about how we romanticize Jesus's birth experience. But like all births, it was really chaotic and really messy. As much as we want to plan and think that it's going to go according to you know, the preferences that we've set up beforehand. <laughs> it usually doesn't. Um, and in my own life, I'm trying to do the same thing about, about childbirth, um, which for me, the first time didn't go the way I had planned. Um, and it's an unknown that I really don't have control over. And when I think about it all the time, then I only get myself stuck and hopeless and things going the same way that they went for me the first time. And so... I'm really trying to reframe my own narrative of what is going to happen. And I think it's helpful for us to think how we can reframe the narrative of the Christmas story so that we see hope that wasn't um, there before. So um, I want to go back to that scripture that I read to you at the beginning. Um, And if you notice the subheading at the top, it said, Timothy's encouraging report. And I read a few commentaries on the passage that gave me a little bit more of a sense of why I think I felt like it was important. Um, I didn't really know a lot about like this book of the Bible. Um, And I was like, oh my goodness, I feel like I, I don't know if I've ever studied it before. Um, but things weren't easy in Thessalonica for Christ followers or for Paul or for Silas. And all, everyone was being persecuted for their faith um, in the previous verses. And in reading a few commentaries about it, love, joy, community, and holiness were all themes that were mentioned. And I feel like two of these are Advent themes Um, and I feel like verse 10 to me stands out the most. Um, it says, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Um, I think we miss seeing each other's faces. I think we miss, um, I feel like we all have maybe like things that are lacking in our faith because of the loss of community that we've experienced. And um, I feel like it just, it just spoke to me um, as we're continuing to navigate our new normal in this almost post-pandemic world. Um, so I wanted to close, and, and those were just, just my thoughts on hope, and I feel like I wish I had the answer for knowing how to be more hopeful right now and I don't know that I do, Um, (laughs) but I just know that it's there if only we're um, present enough to notice it and to see see it um, and to trust that it's there. Um, So Holly has read from this um, book before, but it's kind of one of my new favorites. It's a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents, but I feel like it's helpful to anyone, regardless of whether you're a parent or not. And she um, writes a prayer for Advent. So if you want to close your eyes or just you know, be present as I read this to you, um, a prayer for Advent, the season leading up to Christmas.
O come, Emmanuel, we enter this time of Advent with holy anticipation. We enter this sacred season with bated breath. O come, Emmanuel, we're prone to get tangled in sparkling lights and glittering tinsel, lost in to-do lists, swallowed in the seas of ribbons and restless hearts and weary souls. O come, Emmanuel, our nights have not been silent, calm, or bright. We've been up late, squinting at the stars, trying to make sense of the hurting world our children will inherit, and our, our weary hearts in it all. O come, Emmanuel, we see the wonder etched in our children's eyes, and we ask for our grown-up anxieties to be set free as we await the day to celebrate the God who made a way. O come, Emmanuel, ignite in us the awe of a child, looking into a manger scene as we wait on the promise of the coming infant king in a humble stable. O come, Emmanuel, the whole world waits for you. We are at war with each other and ourselves. We have clung to our idols of power and pocketbooks, and we cry out for the ways that we have reflected King Herod even as we ache for you, Prince of Peace. O come, Emmanuel, help us light the candles and illuminate the darkness within us, O light of the world. Be with us as we recite these stories with our children of shepherds and angels and peace for all people. Ring the bells of righteousness, of justice, of hope. O come, Emmanuel, help us prepare the way in our hearts and in our home, in our family and in our children. As we hang stockings and ornaments, as we frost cookies and tie bows, we know your peace can't be bought or packaged. O come, Emmanuel, we anticipate great news that we so desperately need. Break into this world again and again and again, like you did so many years ago. Bring joy to the people, hope to the hopeless, light to the darkness. And and may we and our children prepare you room so that we may be instruments of your peace. O come, Emmanuel, we thank you for this time of anticipation and for the glimmers of your light, spilling in even now among the ornaments and the candy canes. We thank you for this time of together. Help us to get quiet, to get small, so that we can make space in our souls for the newborn who will illuminate the darkness and change everything. O come, O come, Emmanuel.